Hello and welcome to the BS Show, brought to you by Broadly-Pacific.com. I am your host, Bondan Shamsu, and I am joined by... Say Violet, thank you for having me. And... Troy, Trevi Malsatya, thank you for having me. Yes, we're people. <laughs> we are people in the BS Show. We're from Broadly-Pacific.com, if you've been following our website. Uh, I don't know if you j- just discover us or if you have been a, a reader or a listener to the podcast. If you've been, if you've transferred over from our The Last of Us episode pod, uh, podcast, welcome. Because we definitely have like a sizable audience for our Last of Us podcast. But if you are also for just from our website or social media, welcome as well. So this is the BS show. Our new variety podcast. So basically, uh, <clears throat> if you've been following us, uh, usually we divide our podcasts in uh, BS blah 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 club format. So for example, the last of us ones were the BS TV club, and we also have like BS film club and and so on and so forth. And we will keep doing those for when we have to talk about one specific thing. Like for example, this one episode of a show, it would be like a BS TV club, right? If we're just talking about one film, just one film only, and just discussing that, it will be a BS film club. Uh, the purpose of the BS, uh, the BS show is basically just to be our new variety podcast where we talk not only about films, but we can talk about films, gaming, music, television, news news like we react to like recent news and and so on like that it's a more more of our casual podcast where we bring guests and we bring uh contributors of broadly specific and basically just you know be ourselves and talk about whatever we want and obviously for this pilot episode we do have like some things uh prepared for example later we will talk about our a hypothetical sight and sound greatest of greatest films of all time ballot where we list out 10 films 10 of our films that we picked that we think are the greatest films of all time uh, based on the sight and sound magazine list obviously and later we'll also talk about you know news and more variety content like even gaming stuff um, I want to talk about a little bit about Final Fantasy 16 so yeah uh Before we start, I want to thank our patrons on Patreon. So if you, from here on, if you want to gain early access, shoutouts, things like that, and just support us, uh, definitely consider supporting us on patreon.com slash broadly underscore specific. And so I just want to do a little shoutout for our current patrons. The first is our, our... $20 official sponsor tiers and one of them is our guest <laughs> well not guest one of our contributors say Violet and mm-hmm. uh, in my element thank you and next is our $6 prime supporter tier who are Zed Orchard Umi and Humi Hoshi and Jordan Walters thank you very much and finally our $2 official supporter tier who is our, the good, a good friend of the show and a previous guest of the podcast Andika Pialat thank you So definitely consider supporting us and follow us all of, on all our social media, obviously, at Broadly underscore specific on Instagram. And we also have at Broadly Cinema and at Broadly Gaming on Twitter, on Instagram as well. So yeah, let's do a little 
self-introduction before we start. And because this is the pilot episode, I suppose. Although we'll probably do a little introduction here and there in the future episodes. But just in case this is your first time seeing us or hearing us, then my name is Bondan Shamsu. I am one of the founders of Broadly Specific, broadly-specific.com, where we basically write about film and everything, basically. Film, gaming, everything. We write reviews. We're going to do, we're doing podcasts and we're going to make videos in the future. And yeah, I'm one of the founders and uh, I currently live in Japan. And I like Japanese films. I like uh, FF14, <laughs> things like that, I guess. So yeah, nice to meet you. And next is Troy. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm Troy Vimalasatya, the guy who co-founded Broadly Specific with Bondan. Um, I used to write a lot about architecture. Well, I, st mm -hmm. I still plan on doing that, but recently I've been going into different things like films and uh, you know other stuff. I posted a podcast episode as well here. Uh, the manga mm. log, when I talked about all that, uh, you know, coming of age thriller, mangas like Oyasumi Pun Pun. So, yeah, that was back in November, I think, of last year. Yeah. And yeah, happy to be here. And yeah, well, I mean, obviously, Troy has, uh, we'll discuss later, but Troy has really uh, entered into the scene of philosophy <laughs> recently, which is good, which is awesome. Uh, and Violet. Hi, I'm Say Violet. Can well, we meet you, Blip? Uh, I'm a gamer, an artist, um, sometimes a musician. It varies. I do a lot of different things. I'm obsessed with RPGs and visual novels and point-and-click adventures. And notice how I did not say JRPG because of something we're going to talk about later too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely want to discuss about that and like the recent uh, Yoshi P comment. Anyway, that's like gaming stuff as well, obviously. Yeah. Well, we're, we, we are a variety show. So actually probably our target audience would be either people who are only into films or only into gaming that kind of like want to just hear overall about everything or... People who are a bit more, more multifaceted and have multiple hobbies and may like films and gaming and want to hear it and hear them in a pod, in one podcast in single package. So I mean that's what we are basically. We're rather specific. We kind of obviously we cater to to niche in the, to niche audience, but but hopefully we also target people who are kind of like into everything and want and want to you know hear what we have to say about about like those things so yeah yeah in terms of film uh i like horror and romance and science fiction and things that combine all of the above things mm. that combine all of the above are my absolute favorite yeah cool so that's our self-introduction and welcome to the bs show i guess of to all my uh co-hosts and everyone who's listening and firstly, so we're probably, obviously we are a variety variety podcast, so we will talk about a variety of things, but we will divide it into sections. So in this first section, we'll more focus on the film side of it. 
and later we'll talk about uh, gaming and variety some more variety section on the next part obviously different episodes might have different focus but since uh you know this is the first episode and the oscar season is here the the award season is here we're definitely gonna focus on film now e3 is coming in like three months well at that point we'll probably talk about gaming more as well for example and now i just want to have a chill discussion so I'll, I'll, let's talk to troy first uh because uh, i know troy has ha, has had a resurgence not a resurgence i'm not sure what you would call it but like kind of like a not a reinvigorating but like kind of like you know like a some a spark ignited in you that made you want to watch a lot of films and yeah can you just discuss about that troy yeah so i really recently got sucked into films and i think i'm a very inconsistent person if i say so myself so i would agree no just okay. <laughs> oh, yeah i, 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 I do i do i do kind of know you though a few more years i'm just joking go ahead no but yeah i think i'm very inconsistent so i would go on periods of time of not doing something and then just going on a bend i mean i mean i mean i'm the same i'm the same okay yeah me too yeah because no because i i never really treated movies uh the same way i do now which is i guess just having a more much a much more magnifying uh having a magnifying lens over it over movies i guess just really treating every and each film with um you know needing to have something to say about it i guess because back then i just treated movies as um something to fill the time in let's say uh back in school it's just you know when you go visit the movies with your friends um in the mall after school that's that, mm-hmm. that's just how i you know i view movies and that's just how i allocate my time for it and it's more about it becomes something in the background more than what i actually focus on so i just finished uni and it took me four years and um mm-hmm. you know in yeah, the, in okay. four years after school yeah no go, go it, it usually it usually takes four years though right is it a four-year program in general no, yeah 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 i just yeah yeah, yeah. i meant meant to say i i didn't watch movies in uni because of whatever reason i don't go to the cin- cinema as much or you know, i just mm. don't have enough time so i mean yeah i mean you and i are the same age and you know our second year of uni it's covid so <laughs> we started co- the start of covid right true i was back home as well yeah back in indonesia yeah uh-huh. no but because i only watched about like three four films a year during that period from 2018 mm-hmm. to 2022 yeah so yeah I, I know that there's a lot of insanely good films that i've been missing on so recently i've started challenging myself to watch a film a day or at least you know 30, uh, 30 a, films for it, 30 days an impressive feat yeah i would say i How mean many uh, for, days? For, for, Sorry. for someone who just went cold turkey for film watching in general for years and then suddenly to go one film a day that's like really impressive for me i think it's yeah it's actually i'm kind of surprised by myself but 
Uh, Violet, go ahead. You were going to say something. I was going to say, how many days have you watched now? A film every day. So I, I started in February. Um, there are 28 mm. days in February, so that's 28 films. And now it's March. And it, seven. Plus seven. Up to the 6th. Yeah, no, it's 6th. Because I haven't watched oh, any today. Okay. Yeah, so 34 films in 34 days. That's impressive. Mighty yeah, impressive. that is. That is really impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've tried like one film a day for at, actually at some point, uh, it, it worked, it worked, it really worked. And sometimes even I go overboard. I think my, 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 my record was like six films one day or seven where I was just completely went mad with, uh, just watching like the entire day. But yeah, I, I get burned out really easily. And nowadays it's more because of, uh, my you know schedule and everything kind of busy but i do want to try one film a day again i really do or at least like something close to it yeah, yeah uh, what film mm -hmm. what um, film I... sorry sorry <laughs> like the discord Go delay ahead. no what film did you i mean obviously yes you and you you uh and the film again but i think you mentioned that there was one particular film or like some particular films that really made you like open your eyes and kind of like wow okay yeah let's let's seek out great more great stories well it wasn't avatar which is the most recent film i saw in the cinema but it was right. ponyo actually the one of the ghibli films ponyo. that i have seen yeah ponyo yeah oh, ponyo was awesome man ponyo. <laughs> yeah ponyo is one of my favorites yeah yeah so my thing is that i don't i don't ever rewatch anything because you know i just don't understand how people do it like it's i such i, a... I watch i rewatch all the time no you do <laughs> yeah that's crazy to me yeah i do too <laughs> it's well, such a... well, i watch no, yeah. i watch a lot of films i watch a lot of film a lot of films with violet nowadays and of course i have okay. to rewatch a lot of films because i'm showing her a lot of films that i've watched right well mm -hmm. Yeah, because there are a lot of a lot of films that I have just completely missed out on because I don't I haven't been exposed to older films. Yeah, same. And so Bon Nana is introducing me to all of these old films that I've never had a chance to see. Which obviously means that he has to rewatch them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that if you have a reason like that, then I suppose it's you know, it's something to do but i just don't understand like the emotional investment that you get from the movies it's like if i would rewatch something it would be like i don't know my my favorite football match or something but no, I, I don't get that that would sports. be last one me yeah <laughs> well oh, the thing no, is no, like no no the thing is like the thing is like uh sometimes there are films that i i like more after rewatches so <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I like see more. I, 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 my, my favorite favorite of all time, Kurosawa's High and Low, uh, is uh, Tengoku to Jigoku. Uh, I, uh, I watched the first time. I, was, I thought it was like, oh great, this is like, wow, this is great. But then after rewatches, like I think I watched it like four times, four times now. And I'm uh, after every rewatch, I'm like, holy shit, this is this is a masterclass, <laughs> you know? There so yeah, I must have seen like twenty times, thirty times. Well, actually, there are two types of rewatching. I think one is like kind of tradition, like let's say 
like your family watch this film every Christmas. Yeah. Or like, yeah. oh, you, you watch this film every Halloween. You know what I mean? I feel like there are people th- that makes those kind of traditions, right? Mm. Yeah, uh, I definitely have those traditions. Uh, as a kid, you probably, we all probably have something that your family put on or like on the TV that always you rewatch because it's always on. But, or because it's tradition. But I think, you know, rewatching out of your own volition is kind of different, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that kind of tradition. And when I was a kid, um, mm. my exposure to films was either in the morning when I woke up early to play, let's say, Pokemon or something. And I see yeah. some Chinese martial art movies uh, right. in the TV. Or yeah. at night, before I go to bed, my, my parents would put something on because I would fall asleep or, you know, just because after dinner, we would just hang out and watch something. But yeah, I've never really looked at it in the same way now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, going back to your the, the films that incited your 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 love of, of cinema now. Oh, yeah, uh, I watched mm-hmm. Ponyo and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that it, I knew that I was oh, um, excellent, at least it's has to be excellent. I mean, it's Studio Ghibli. Uh, what? So I, oh. <laughs> it depends. It depends. <laughs> I've heard I bad things about Tale of, of Earthsea. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know that one is not that good. Um, <laughs> so I've always put off watching it. And then, uh, yeah, after Ponyo, I just really challenged myself to watch one a day. And th- the day after, I watched uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, which... Yes was a masterpiece. Mm. That's, that's my one of my dad's favorite films. And my it's mom so hates it. Passionately. <laughs> and my dad just adores it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's oh, so good. I, I can't stop raving about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think Love Exposure. And then actually Love, Love Exposure. So I think I just went on a lucky street for those three days. Yeah. 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 Back Love Exposure is my, my favorite film of all time now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, right now, what, what process do you use to to decide what films to watch next? And would you, and what films to put on your watch list and like uh, and like things like that? What, what process do you use for that? Yeah, so... Like just... obviously, after like going cold turkey for a long time without any film or anything, you have like this entire world open, you know, for you, so... Yeah, how do you decide? Yeah, before that, I was just um, starting to use Letterboxd again because I know I wanted to watch more movies. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to log and, uh, you know, put everything in there just to keep everything in track. And now I just keep a watch list and um, I sort it by name, by alphabet. And wow, I, use yeah. a, I use a randomizer. So I think there's about like 320 or something movies in there and yeah I just use a random number generator from one mm. to um, whatever number that is and yeah it would say give me 62 and then I just scroll down to the 62 film 60 seconds film in, in, the, in the watch list and that's how I get my movie for the day well I kind of need to clean my watch list because I feel like there are because I've 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 been using Letterbox since 2017. I would say 2016 or 17. I was one of the early people, kind of, uh, because like I, 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 back then I was like, it was 
kind of niche back then box. so i'm kind of like astounded at how how much how much bigger it's, it's it is now but anyway uh, i started when 2016 2016 so i feel like there's a lot of like shit i put there as a 17 year old that i feel like i don't really want to i feel like i need to clean it more i guess like the watch list so yeah oh, i, I kind of I mean, need to do that those are mementos from your high yeah school. you're right you're right you're yeah now, now now, now that you're saying that, yeah, now now it's hard to 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 remove it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll, I'll take a look. I'll take a look. I feel like there's a lot of random shit there. I'm uh, always against erasure of history and you know deleting your old Instagram posts. Never. I don't. Do that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what did I miss from just now? So watch. Oh, right. So, okay, yes, you have 300 films for, on your watch list, but how how do you decide what films to put in the watch list? Do you have like like essential films to watch or anything to, to kind of like decide like what to put on a uh, on a watch list? There's not there's no really a solid process in there. It's just whatever I feel like um, would be worthful uh, worthwhile experience. But um, mm. I, I suppose it's mostly good films there because I go off on like, uh, well, the Saturn Sound list itself or, you know, Letterboxd mm. 250 narratives or yeah, 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 yeah. mutuals I've watched. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. But there are also some, you know, stinkier, um, let's say, lesser films in there as well. So, yeah. Mm, mm. Well, that 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 kind of like yeah, Lester is kind of like, mm, but like we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean there are a lot of discussions as well on like silence, tight and sound. Obviously, we're kind of like doing like this little fun thing with the ballad, ballad. But uh, I would say that there's a lot of indie filmmakers that that was like, uh, kind of like criticizing this type of canon canonization of films, of like uh, deciding. What's in the canon? What's not in the canon, uh, so to speak? But like that's like uh, maybe like a later discussion when we get into the sight and sound ballad. Uh, and um, yeah, that's awesome, man. So now I would just wanna ask uh, all of you, and I'll, I'll also answer what films we watched recently. Uh, and like, well, not every film we watched recently. Obviously, uh, Troy has been watching a, a film a day, so I'm talking more like. Uh, you know, what films that made an impression on us recently uh, that we watched recently. So, yeah, I mean, OK, so for me, I'll, I'll start because uh, I'll start for now. And I and I would say the film that really made an impression of me recently. And I'll say it's a I'll say a recent film. So not not like a, a like a rewatch or like an older film. And it's that would be EO. I suppose uh, I the, the donkey, the, the donkey film. Okay, so uh, Violet and I watch it together. So uh, we, we let's discuss it together for a, lot, a little bit because we don't want to take up too much time. So it's EO Jerzy Skolimowski, uh, Polish director uh, film about the donkey, and I, I found it delightful uh, and uh, really poetic. Uh, but Violet, what did you think? I would not use delightful to describe this film. Yeah. Uh -huh. I Go was <laughs> absolutely traumatized by this film. Uh -huh. I 
cried and it broke me. And I don't know how to talk about it without spoiling the spoiling. film. Spoiling, yeah. Um, it's really hard to talk about it without spoiling the film, but you just, this donkey goes on a journey. This donkey yeah, kind of ends up it's getting movie. passed around from different group of people to different group of people. And you see little fragments of these different human lives. Yeah. All these little tiny stories that never get resolved. You just float into them and float out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the eyes of the do a donkey almost. And this animal of burden that uh, is... Uh, some people have said to... Because this donkey is burdening the sin of humanity and things like that. If you want to get biblical even... Mm. And I do what I do say biblical because it is kind of because this film is was inspired a little bit obviously by uh, what do you call it Robert Bresson's uh, Oh Hazard Balthazar the 1966 mm. film Oh Hazard Balthazar uh, about the same uh, sim similar similar theme about like a donkey although uh, Balthazar is uh, doesn't focus on the donkey the donkey is more kind of like a what do you call it? Like a, I would say even like a like a mythical figure that follows yeah. that kind of exists in the background and while the character watches everything and sees everything, and it's more of a symbol than yeah. Where e whereas whereas e o e a o I guess I guess a o was it was it the I sound think it was that a o yeah because it's a donkey yeah. sound yeah it's a, the Polish donkey sound I guess a o or something I don't know <laughs> e o e o or something e o that's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, yeah. So it was a delightful film. Anything that is uh, uh, made an impression of me would be okay. I'll, I'll I'll mention one film that I watch alone: Street of Shame, a Mizoguchi. And not only is it so good and so so, so touch my heart so deeply. I, spoiler alert: Street of Shame, Kenji Mizoguchi. Kenji Mizoguchi. It's on my side and sound ballot because of it. Because it's a relatively recent watch that that really left a big impression on me. So yeah, mm. State of Shame. It's it's awesome. It's this like depiction of uh, uh, prostitution in the the post-war era in Tokyo. It's very good, and like the issue with like the government trying to ban prostitution and things like that. It's it's excellent. I mean, Mizoguchi is always excellent, but yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I and spoke God to you immediately afterwards, mm -hmm. and you were just like, eh? "Yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of crying." Yeah, I was, I was broken. I was broken after that film. That the, the ending just fucking crushed me. Jesus Christ! I feel like that was my, one of the most heartbreaking endings I've ever seen. Period. Uh, we also watched uh, Hilnor Palmerstone's uh, Gotland yep. recently. Violet and I, very interesting film. This is definitely gonna be a film that will the internet by storm i would say once it's fully out uh but yeah it's 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 no really beautiful visuals uh godland and what else uh i mean we i rewatch yearning with violet yes uh mikio naruse is yearning it was mm -hmm. excellent uh because i actually was i watched yearning just to see like if it still holds up and it does for me. <laughs> yes, well, I, what did, I, what did I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Again, it's hard. I know it's a really old film. Is, is spoilers a problem with a really old film? 
<laughs> no, no, no. This one, this one actually might might be problematic. Spoiler, because I actually told you when we watch it, like, okay, don't don't look up any synopsis, synopsis yeah. because there's like a particular there's a particular the surprise whole, in the film. Yeah, the whole point of the film I did uh -huh. see coming. Like I knew something mm -hmm. was gonna happen, and I did see it coming. But when it happened, that was like, no, it couldn't happen. That couldn't be where this film is going. But it was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Really, was just completely engaged and focused throughout the entire film, and the final scene is yearning. Yeah. It's stunning, yeah, yeah. Mikio Naruse's yearning, 1964. Awesome. Starring Yuzo Kayama as well, a famous Japanese singer. For you know, for uh, OG sons, I guess. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you want to see a little bit of the final scene, you can look at the Broadly Cinema Twitter or Broadly specific, Broadly Broadly underscore Twitter, right? Yeah, Broadly Cinema Twitter, Twitter or and the then Instagram. Broadly specific Instagram and see a little. Yeah. little I don't know what you what you've been calling those, but a little snippet of the ending. I have uh, internally, I've been calling them Broadly Broadly Frames. Oh, broadly frames. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. That's like uh, my what my file names are called broadly frames. Broadly frames. Anyway, anyway uh, finally, uh, I, my the the film that I watched recently that I left a big impression on me was uh, is a uh, Masahiro Shinoda's uh, Pale Flower. Probably one of the coolest yakuza noir Japanese noir I've ever seen. Like, geez, like, wow! It's it's so stylish. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's about gambling. It's about this this yakuza dude who got out of prison. Who that's you know, a yakuza dude who just got out of prison is kind of like a running team in yakuza films, <laughs> and <laughs> and and kind of come back coming back to his gang, and then like he and then like a narration of like the city hasn't changed. It's like very noir, and and uh, obviously it's always he's always a lieutenant. Uh, we also watch a winter flower, which is kind of similar to this, and and uh, and then every, his yakuza gang would be like, "Oh, you're back! We're not, you know, you're back! Oh, you know." So, anyway, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful scene near the end with a song that I had forgotten existed, and now that I have remembered it, I have been singing it all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a. Uh, I'll say that it's it's. Uh, let's imagine like. Like a f cool as fuck assassination scene, overlaid with, uh, so with no diegetic sound in the film, and then just having like an opera song playing throughout. It's very, very, very cool. I mean, this film is. You, you might have other criticism about this film. You might have like criticism on the story or anything, but that's not the point. The point of like noir is really kind of like if it or if you think like the film goes hard as fuck. <laughs> that's what I would describe it as. The film went hard. So I really liked it. So yeah, I saw the poster yeah. and I really liked it. With the yeah. blue and pink one, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like the Japanese poster, I think. Yeah, you were really impressed with the 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 car race scene. I remember. Yeah, so there's like a car race scene that I I was kind of like, holy shit, they did this in 1964 in Japan. And I've never seen that in like an early Japanese film. Like not okay, not early. Sorry, this is 1964, so it's not that early. Well, uh, relatively speaking, well, but 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 relatively well. speaking, it's not. But uh, for like, there's like a like a race car racing, and it's so 
yeah man it's like i don't know like uh, everything the mise en scene and kind of like the the how, how the car moves and everything and a seamless transition to the cockpit like not the cockpit but like the you know like the the car view of like the the people driving it's very seamless even if they're like if they're through it's really obvious that there's like projector uh, in their background when it's like when it's focusing on a person it's still very seamless it, i feel like incredible filmmaking i would say death uh, this is my actual description of pale flower by masahiro shinoda very very good film uh it's it's a it's always a delight to watch yeah that was that's a, that's, a, that's a what i watched recently and for i think for a while it's kind of the same because we basically watch a lot of films together yeah now. we basically watched uh all the films together so i think yeah. we we spoke about them uh the only film i've watched recently that i watched alone mm. was probably decision to leave yes which i watched relatively recently and this one we can discuss with three of us i think troy watched it as well yeah i did i saw it yeah and uh, i really i really liked that and was very surprised we were we were, we were both very surprised when it didn't mm. appear on the oscars the international feature Oscars, which is weird no matter yeah. what i no matter, actually didn't like that film as much as i would think uh because i think the second half of the film kind of uh, uh, lags a bit and i feel like is uh it in comparison to the first half in my opinion but i still think it deserves to be in the best international feature nomination at least and the oscars so i thought, I thought that was a bit of a shame what do you think about that, Ray? Yeah, this, that's my first oh, Park Chan-wook film. Um, mm, I, okay. I gave it a 3.5, I think. Um, I, uh, I think I did it a 3.5. Yeah, so same. So, um, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I think there's something fundamentally lacking in that film that kind of prevented it from going further. But mm. yeah, I think it was it was a fun watch. It's a fun watch, and and you can you you would not deny as well that the filmmaking is amazing. It's just oh yeah, so stylish. That's the best part about about the film and his film, yeah. I guess, is the the technique and the editing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I really like the the phone call scenes where it's just like in front of each other, but then like obviously it's kind of yeah, film magic. And the wallpap wallpapers. I feel like every Park Chan Wook film has a has cool wallpapers on on houses. I feel like that's like a yeah, set yeah. design, set design, light motif in every one of his film. Uh, True. Yeah, awesome. I just I watched Old Boy recently because I I uh -huh. heard good things about it only, uh -huh. and, and I was a, a bit disappointed on because I didn't really like it. But yeah, true. The wallpapers are ah okay distinct. okay. They, they give they give a lot of character to the film. Yeah yeah yeah. I see, I see. Okay, so now you, Troy. What, what films did you watch? Did you watch recently that really made an impression on you? Films, really. So, Love Exposure is definitely one of them because it's mm -hmm. my favorite of all time now. Um, yeah, Sion Sono. Yes, yeah, by Sion Sono. It was um, mm -hmm. 2008, I think. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I couldn't stop thinking about it after mm -hmm. watching it for a week or so. Mm -hmm. I still constantly listen to the soundtrack 
um, mm-hmm. Beethoven and uh, Maurice Ravel's Bolero and all the mm-hmm. other tracks. Yeah. The film is four hours long, so there's m- much to go on. There's plenty mm-hmm. to go on. And yeah, yeah, I think it just really sparked this interest in films again. It's impacted me that way. And I don't think it was kind of that emotional in other levels, but yeah, I just um, rediscovered this passion for creativity and, you know, films, I suppose. Well, I want to mention, obviously, because you mentioned it to me, and I know you watched it recently, but spring, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Yes, that's very uh, Kim Kido. Yeah. yeah. What did you so think? I watched that. I think it's amazing. It's excellent. It's such a masterpiece, um, which I'm surprised by because nobody talks about it, I, I think. I've never seen yeah. anyone talk about it. I stumbled mm-hmm. upon across this um, quite randomly as well. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a Buddhist film, and yes, it makes makes use of a very simple but very effective uh, method of dividing the story into five arcs, which is spring and then summer, fall, spring winter, again, spring yeah. again, yeah, mm-hmm. with the with a character characters, um, you know, advancing in age every time. I think it's a very, very, very well done movie, and well. Yeah, I mean you're you're Buddhist, no? Yeah, yeah, I am. So you would be, yeah. I, I, w- I would have thought that you would probably would be more in tune with the team, team, t- teams, and everything. Yeah, you, you know, you just know how when some things resonate with you, like without even rationalizing mm. it or you know, like yeah, yeah, asking yourself why, you just, you just resonate with it. Yeah, I, I love the film as well. I, I I watched it a long time ago. I think well, 2017, I think. And yeah, I really loved it back then. And I even I thought I was like, holy shit, you know, it was, it was a, it's it was definitely like, a, yeah, it was, it's, it's a film that get, would guarantee, holy shit, after you watch it, after, yeah, after the ending. And it's a beautiful film. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kim Kido, uh, it's kind of controversial figure nowadays, and uh, he, he passed away as well, I think. Uh, but, this particular film is, yeah, is kind of like would be enshrined in in one of the greats. I would say. I would say so. So it should be. Um, Love exposure. I wouldn't recommend to most people, but this film, I, I think it's yeah. a film that I would recommend to literally anyone. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So I I, I I want to. I always say every time. Uh, like I always, I always want to repeat the name of films just in case people didn't catch that, catch the film the first time. Because sometimes when I listen to a podcast, uh, the host would like say something one time and then they 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 start to discuss about it, but then they just never mention the name again. I was like, well, what was that? Okay, so what we just talked about was spring, summer, fall, winter, and spring. That's by Kim Kiduk. Where uh, is a masterpiece? Yeah. Yep. Anything else uh, recently that made an impression on you? Um, no, I, I think let's keep it as that. So I'll talk more mm-hmm. about it on the on the ballot. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, yeah. I mean, let's transition to the. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before before we we go on. Before we go on. Uh. 
you are going to for broadly specific so for people listening i think by by now by by the time that this podcast releases uh there should be an, a review up of uh hero hero hirokazu as a broker 2002's mm-hmm. a broker a uh, 2022's broker by hirokazu koreda by troy and obviously you can check it out right now i think by the time this is out if you're a patron actually if you're a patron maybe maybe you would kind of like see it earlier or see listen to this earlier uh that's why subscribe to our patron patreon anyway <laughs> but uh for everyone else i think by now on the website you should see a review of broker uh can you without spoiling any of the final scores or anything what's your impressions of the film uh of broker well uh troy i mean i have to pref- preface it by saying that koreda is i think my favorite director of all time his films mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah so i have naturally high expectations for this i try not to have yeah. any expectations but i think it's just mm-hmm. quite impossible um mm-hmm. so it's 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 his first Korean f- film, let's say, and I, I mentioned on the review a lot how his Japaneseness, his 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 use of culture is really important in his films, and I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of explore here. I think um, pe- some people describe this film as rather trite, or you know, mm-hmm. reusing his, the same beats that he used previously in his other, his other films. But I think mm-hmm. this one, he he, he kind of challenges himself in that uh, there's sort of topics that he brought up. There's sort of issues like um, you know abandonment, abortion, and you know those pressing issues that need serious discussion. And he just didn't answer mm-hmm. in this film. He kind of left it on the air, and yeah, he just kind of did everything in an easygoing manner. But I think it was quite. Uh, I had mixed. Um, feelings about Broker, um, let's say. Yeah, when I was kind of like listening to your impressions and reading your review, I was like, oh man, it's such a shame because it's a, it's a heartbreaking thing when something or someone is like uh, your favorite someone or something and something. But then they come up with something that you don't like. I feel like that's always quite heartbreaking. So when I was like, oh shit, for Troy. It's <laughs> I feel like no, the number one Korea stand that I know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really dislike it in any way. I, I gave it to point yeah, yeah. out of five. So I think... <laughs> oh, okay. It's still, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. It's still a recommendable, recommendable watch. But yeah, uh-huh. that's about it, I suppose. Yeah, so if you want to read the full review by Troy, uh, go to our website, broadly-specific.com, and you should see it by now, I think. So yeah, and that's mostly it for our recent watches. Uh, well, yeah, that's usually it. And I mean, we can talk about like, this podcast is pretty flexible, and I want it to be flexible, but we did like structure it a bit for this first episode. And now is where I put it down as like recent film news and things like that. What 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 has been going on recently in the world of films? I feel like if it's if we're just going by Twitter, it's mostly awards. This is like award season. There's like a lot of awards, like SAG awards. Like there's also like the Writing Guild Award, the WGA award and uh the BAFTA just happened. The BAFTA just happened. Oscars is happening next week uh, as well on Monday. 
uh, we should we should probably watch that maybe in the morning before before uh, Last of Us. But yeah, the last of us, the final episode of the last of us is airing on the same day, which is really funny. On the same time, even that's really funny. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Troy, did you want to bring anything up for movie news? Um, let's say, and you say psych words or SAG words. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, Screen Actors think, Guild. Yeah, yeah, Screen Award. Actors Guild awards. I think. Oh yeah, I'm just really happy for Brendan Fraser because I like mm. his films. The mummy and everything else and you know he's been making a comeback recently of course because he's had more he's difficult time people mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and yeah people say the whale's really good he won the uh i'm actually like in a leading role i haven't seen it as well but mm-hmm. i've only heard uh, people listening. have mixed feelings about that film from what i've read but i haven't, I haven't seen it so i don't know mm-hmm. uh Violet, Violet, uh, how familiar are you with Brandon Brandon Fraser? I would I would think if you're uh, 90s. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> But yeah, how familiar are you with Brandon, Brandon Fraser? Very much so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What's your favorite yeah. Brandon, Brandon uh, Fraser film? The Mummy, I mean, obviously. No, I, I hate I hate to say George it. George of the Jungle. Was he in George, George of the Jungle? <laughs> I don't uh, know me, why George of the Jungle Fraser. is so memorable. But Because he he has that like long hair and shit. He has the long hair, off. and then he's not wearing any clothes, and all the girls love that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay, okay. I I do. Uh, I think one of my favorite from him, my, one of my favorites from him, aside from the Mummy, was Journey to the Center of the Earth. It's really it's just ah, kind of yeah, film. yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, probably it was probably like a shit film, and like if I watch it again. But as a kid, that was really fun. <laughs> I like that one as a kid as well. Yeah. Yeah, journey to the center of the earth. It's based on a on a what was the novelist's name? Shit, Jules Verne. For Jules, Jules Verne. Yeah, Jules Jules Verne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I read a bit of the original one. It's it's more riveting, I would say. It's 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 a bit more like claustrophobic, and there's like more details about like just walking, basically just walking to the center of the earth. It's yeah, through caves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Uh, Brenda Fraser. <laughs> I think he was just he he was just such a lovable. He always played such lovable characters. Yeah, yeah. And he was he's so a lovable charming. guy. He's he's, okay, he's yeah, a nice uh, guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, which is like which a lot me- of bad stuff happened to him. Well, yeah, from what I've heard, years. from what I've heard, what happened was uh, he got a divorce, and during the divorce, basically the wife or well, the ex-wife. The, the, Took everything or thing or something something happened. I am not that well informed. But then after that, he I think got sexually assaulted by a member of the Hollywood the Hollywood Foreign Press. I think. Yes, uh, I heard about that. And the Hollywood Foreign Press is basically the organization behind the Golden Globes. That's why he didn't go to the Golden Globes because because of that. But yeah, so and then he after that he came forward with it. Because he came forward with the sexual assault, he got blacklisted, and he was blacklisted for the longest time in the Hollywood. In Hollywood, I think, hmm. which is really and, shame. And, and, and there was like a movement, like a few years ago, it's like bring back Brendan Fraser. You know, I mean, I was like on Twitter, like actually tweeting those stuff, <laughs> like, hey man, I miss, I miss, I miss Brendan Fraser. You, I, I can like pull up some tweets out, uh, later, but like, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I, I miss him. You know, because he's definitely like a childhood staple. 
He also had various health problems, so that didn't help as well. But yeah, what is it? Just, he had um, various health problems. House? Sorry, what was it? Health problems, sorry. Health, oh, yeah. health problems. problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's just, yeah, he's yeah. such a likable guy. Like, mm-hmm. I would say he's like Keanu Reeves in a sense. Yeah, uh, the, the universally loved per, per, person, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, we, we've been really happy for him, I think. Uh, anything else for the award season? I mean, uh, I know you didn't like the film. I thought it was just okay uh, after like thinking about it again. But everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once is receiving a lot of rave, obviously, uh, by the Daniels, at all, <laughs> which very much with a lot of controversies and mixed feelings about a lot, from a lot of people, you know, everything, everywhere, everywhere, all at once, uh, receiving words and things like that. Uh, but regardless of what you think about the film, I would say one thing I'm really happy about is really all the, uh, these the actors seem so happy in the world season that I can't hate it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, like like Michel Yeoh, uh, who's uh, who's been working hard in Hollywood since the '90s and kind of just typecasted into typecast into a stereotypical Asian role, uh, just kind of breaking the out Asian of that. Woman. And, yeah. Yeah, the Asian woman, and well, she's a martial artist, so more specifically, martial artist woman. Uh, and obviously, uh, oh, ah, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm afraid to uh, mis- mispronounce his name, so let me Google it first. Uh, <laughs> the Vietnamese guy? Uh, yes, Vietnamese guy. Kehui Kwan. Kehui Kwan. He was short round in one of the Indiana Jones films, I think. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he 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 also he was he he told the story of how he didn't have health insurance because he just never got any roles. But then suddenly this film oh blew up. Yeah, which is yeah he he was working behind the scene behind the camera because he still had the dream. Now he's he's getting it. So I'm really I'm happy for him. And obviously the legend of Hollywood, like since the the early days of Hollywood, that somehow still alive and breeding and living legend uh james hong james hong as well uh has been getting a lot of recognition he did a, like an awesome speech in the sag award i think where he kind of talked about like how uh the old hollywood didn't want to cast an asian man because uh they they thought that uh you know they're not leading material and things like that but yeah i know you didn't like this film uh or you really didn't like the film that's <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, and I, I didn't see um, James Hong's speech. I saw Ke Hui Kwan speech, and uh, it was really nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very emotional. But uh, yeah, you yeah. Guys like the film. Uh, let's start with the start there. Well, Violet didn't watch it. No, uh, I haven't seen it. I like the film. I I'll say that I like the film because because more because uh, I'm kind of familiar more familiar with. The Daniels and kind of like I know how their brain works in terms of like just how fucked up or not fucked up but like kind of like how uh off kilter it is I guess uh so watching this film it's like oh yep yep that's uh that's what I would expect from them and I think like there are certain films uh made that I think whenever you whether it like it's good or bad whether you like them or not, 
it really advances cinema in a sense. Um, in, in a sense, that's like kind of like um, making ripples and waves. And this film is one of them. In terms mm. of like the actual like story and like kind of like things like that after like some thinking it was it it does it, it is kind of um yeah a mix on it what do you think yeah i saw that you gave it a three star rating uh i give it mm-hmm. 1.5 unfortunately <laughs> uh yeah it's just one of those films that i just don't understand why it's mm-hmm. all highly rated I mean, I can mm-hmm. see that it's a, you know, it's a well-made movie. It's a decently made movie. But I just don't understand how um, how it has reaped this much praise, basically, because the reviews are like the top review at least on Letterboxd is like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen in my piece of shit life. And like, okay, is that really? Well, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that Letterbox is. With Letterbox, there's like a resurgence, not resurgence. Like I always say resurgence, but, but uh, what is resurgence? But without the re, <laughs> it's like kind of like a surge of uh, okay. yeah, of of uh, young people, I guess, uh, kind of like discovering cinema from Letterbox. Letterbox is such a powerful Perhaps. institution now that that basically there's there's a new generation of film watchers that is basically that basically grew up on Letterbox, right? And I think mm. I think um, the, like. Because everything everywhere all at once, I do believe that the grassroots campaign for this film really started from Letterbox. You know, so it's it's recency bias as well, then. And yeah, Letterbox yeah, uh, uh, yeah, cool. of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. And obviously, Letterbox, Letterbox themselves kind of like went all 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 in on it because, as you know, Letterbox every time Letterbox has a has a like a good film or like a not good film but like a a, a popular film. They kind of change the theme of their website sometimes. They're like their logo yeah, yeah, changes yeah. and everything changes. And when when that film was like really out, uh, it was like all letterboxed. Everything is like everything everywhere everywhere all at once. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the the marketing is huge as well. Yeah, um, it's a twenty four. So yeah, yeah. Also, also, uh, uh, just to plug, we do have an uh, an official Letterbox HQ account. So go follow us. Go follow, go follow our Letterbox HQ account. You know, just search broadly space with uh, broadly specific. Just search that. We should be there. So just follow our Letterbox as well. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's kind of funny. I always wanted to have some criticism criticisms on Letterbox and everything, but we just plug our Letterbox HQ account, which is like an official sanction. <laughs> uh, Letterbox account because I, I, I okay actually I don't think I think it's maybe it's a secret how I got it I don't know if it's if it's meant to be public but I I emailed them basically I kind of like requested it uh, anyway well you have, uh, you have a, we have a dot com so yeah like I mean we we have like a we have an actual website and we have like a business email and everything so if if it's official if it, if it's legit then yeah they 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 will like kind of basically verify us you know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Letterbox HQ, yeah, Letterbox HQ is our kind of like official account, which is really nice. Which is really nice because we have some few features like, like basically everything we post is on the Letterbox homepage, for example. Alongside, I, I feel like I've, sometimes I feel insecure about this, but like alongside like these 
huge film institution. <laughs> so it's like there's like a the British Film Institute, and there's like a movie, and there's like really specific next to each other. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, fun. Uh, I do, I do want to mention one more thing before maybe. Uh, well, this might be our my um, the end of my uh, new section. Unless anyone wanna bring up anything else. Uh, there was like a recent. Uh, speech by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, he's a director. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, Charlie Kaufman, a speech for the WGA Awards, the Directing Guilds Awards. Award. Then he he kind of said that. Uh, basically he he said um you know he is not going to you know I mean just to quote verbatim he basically said. I have dropped the ball. I have wasted years seeking approval, approval of people with money. Don't get trapped in a world of box office numbers. You're, you don't work for the world of box office numbers. You work for the world. Just make your story honest and tell. They have tricked us into thinking we can't do it without them. The truth is they can't do anything of value without us. You know, this is like for the writing Guild, Guild Award. I just thought it was a good speech and and like a good message on, uh, because he's a, he, I think like he's a director and writer that, uh, has been up and coming for the longest time, but hasn't really entered into the canon, Charlie Kaufman. And uh, yeah, partly because I, f- I feel like he has had this studio attention, attention with the studio and things like that. So yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. I think uh, kind of like uh, yeah. Well, any any thoughts on it? Just, just, no, just, just want, wanted to touch on the thing about canon uh, in films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. an interesting topic as well. When I when I thought about yeah. um, when I thought about watching one a day, because you know I I didn't think that there could be such a list that or a canon that would suggest like the best films of all time because it's such mm-hmm. a unique experience mm-hmm. that like you know how how do you even begin to like comprehend what's better than um, the other? Better, yeah. You know what's mm. the best film of all time, stuff like that. But there is, with you know, you mentioned with Letterboxd, with um, Sight and Sound, Spallet, and you know, with with these things that there is a canon being built, and you know, you, you see the same names there, um, Kurosawa, yeah, which is um, yeah, Tarkovsky. which is part of the part of the criticism uh, as well by independent filmmakers uh, and kind of more uh, underground filmmakers. Because, because, uh, uh, really, uh, the thing with canon is that there is some vested interest in making a canon, some financial interest in making a canon. Like, mm. uh, for example, Criterion uh, has a like. They uh, on Criterion channel, they have like, uh, we have fifty films in the sight and sound list. Uh, mm. In in our like catalog. So and like they they like oh we have fifty you know and a lot of people criticize that in terms of like yeah okay um, that's um, yeah that's kind of like a uh, you know it might be there's like a vested interest in making a, some sort of like canon of the best or anything like that uh, true because yeah. these are these will be films that are going to be distributed by it's all, it's going to be distributed by the biggest distributors yeah uh, owned by the biggest studios and distributors and or yeah distributed by them and will 
be biased towards countries that have the most representation. Japan, as much as I love Japanese cinema, is overrepresented, like highly represented. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Uh, in, in, uh, compared to other um, Asian countries, and, and not only because it's the best or something, but really I think that there's like a, an issue in like screening and things like that as well. Screening on like what cinema choose to screen, you know. Yeah. And that's uh, a real Japan is a very uh, par- has a powerful inst- film institution. You know, Japan society, for example, in New York, Japan society films, they they kind of like screen uh, a lot of the films that enter the canon and things like that. Uh, although they also screen more obscure stuff as well. Recently, they screen Fisaijun Suzuki film. Anyway, uh, like a more obscure one. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like there's like a maybe there's a vested interest in making like a canon of some sort. Uh, but so it's it's it is interesting. I, don't, I, I so I think all greatest films of all time, essential essential films, or the famous book one thousand. Uh, the famous book is like one thousand one films to watch before you die, right? And yeah. I think that those are all pretty subjective. I think. I mean, hey, I scrolled through the one thousand one films to watch before you die, and I was like. Wait, damn! A lot of these are like English films, <laughs> you know, English-speaking films. Uh, so yeah, there's like a underrepresentation of like African cinema. Uh, I recently I watched Black Girl, a Senegal film, incredible. Uh, but yeah, there's like an underrepresentation of African cinema, maybe Southeast Asia a little bit. Um, although Wera Setakul, uh, uh, Thailand Thai director, he is yeah. really well known. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Middle Eastern to some extent. Iran is not is you know Iran is always you know on the top of the list. It's, uh, for example, uh, but some regions are definitely underrepresented. Maybe South America as well. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? No, I, I was just thinking that you know it. It's contentious because um, it becomes hard to define what what should be in the list or not, and whether you should strive for, you know, fair or mm-hmm. some sort of equal representation, or that mm-hmm. it should be based based on merit of the film, which again mm-hmm. is kind of impossible to measure. I say, yeah. So that's that's just a hard part of it. Violet, yeah, Violet, what do you think about like some sort of like canon or something like that? And like kind of like greatest films of all time. I've looked at some of the greatest films of all time lists and been very surprised. Mm. Okay. I, I think I spoke to you about it once before. Where I'd go through it and go, people think this is one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> um, mm. Well, which list? I... But there's like a lot of lists, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of lists. And I'd be, and I'd sort of go, okay, I enjoyed this film. It was fine, but would I really yeah. put it in the greatest films of all time list? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's so it's so subjective. So so subjective. And for example, uh, I hate how you would always got you would always see one of the director's most famous films in the list, and I yeah, hate that. Would. Especially for let's say me as a Kurosawa fan, I'm like always. Seven Samurai is on the sight and sound list. 
uh, Ikiro is deserved, but like Ran is on the size and this, I think. And Seven it Samurai is. is Seven Samurai is great. Don't get me wrong, but is it the best Kurosawa in my opinion? Not, no, not, not even close. <laughs> well, <laughs> so yeah. and then, and then, yeah, so so there's like uh, in in the, in the in the list, there's always like a bias towards the most direct director's most famous films, for example, in my opinion. I haven't seen any Kurosawa films, but just going off the list, I, I would think that Seven Samurai they, they, it always ranks very very high. And I would yeah. think that it's his best film. Just that's my image oh, oh. of him now. Ozu as well. Toy Story. I always talk about Story. Great. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's awesome. But like, I would put like Good Morning or Ayo as like mm. like uh, I like it more and and uh, an Autumn Afternoon. Uh, late spring. I think Autumn Afternoon and Late Spring are both on the list, I think. So, to be fair. But uh, I think, uh, I, think I, don't know, uh, I don't know if Good Morning will live. I feel Good Morning is often, though. It's, like, it's a very childish film, which is, but like, it's a childish film that is mature. And it's hard to explain. But yeah, it's a bit like Ponyo, maybe. Uh, mm. Good Morning. Maybe there's like some. Tonally, I would kind of like put it the same tone as Ponyo. But yeah, yeah, so you, you should and watch it. Good morning. No, I think it goes back. Uh, this whole thing goes back to, you know, you mentioned uh, what film did you say that you watched again and you said it still holds up. Yearning, uh, uh, yeah. I would say. Okay, yeah. You know, the thing about, you know, films or, you know, let's say games or stuff like that, um, still holding up. I think I never really kind of re related to that because uh, you either treat it as something that's active and something a living entity or you treat it as something that's you know the crystallization of its period the product mm -hmm. of its time so mm -hmm. to, to be able to you know say that this film is the best of all time i think has to be has to treat it equally on, on both um metrics that it holds up i suppose or it um you know, it's such so impactful back then that it, the merit overpowers some other films. Sometimes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. So I think, uh, in the interest of time, let's get into the sight and sound, uh, our hypothetical sight and sound ballad. Uh, and basically, if you're not familiar with the sight and sound ballad, uh, obviously it's kind of funny that we talk about all the criticism about canon and stuff and now we're like hey let's try let's try ourselves <laughs> but uh you know this is for fun it's just uh, for fun you know for we and you should, if you look at letterbox right now and twitter people are just like hey my hypothetical seven sound bell so everyone is doing it and it's fun so you know yeah. fuck off <laughs> don't hate the, uh, the game hate <laughs> the game <laughs> yeah so uh so basically if you're not familiar with the ballot it's basically uh the the 25th 250 greatest films of all time was kind of like uh it's submitted by filmmakers and critics from all over the world so you know even our home country indonesia got a little bit of representation as well by some filmmakers putting uh, into the list uh so yes so it's usually the top 10 greatest films of each person and they kind of like tally up everything so I want to see what our hypothetical silent sound ballad is. And actually, so silent sound ballad is every 10 years. The last one was 20, 2012. 
And so 10 years later, 2022, right? Uh, we will see by 2032. Out. Ooh. 20 by 2032. We'll see if uh, we get invited. <laughs> we get invited <laughs> to to put up for for our list. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ten years, we're still around. <laughs> but our right now, our hypothetical sentence on ballot. I was starting with. Uh, so I want you. I I will go last because I'm a, I'm the host. Uh, uh, and uh, I want each of you to list your film from... Actually, I don't think it's in any particular order. I didn't put any particular order. So it's like the top 10, not no particular order. And just make a comment, like a small comment on each one of the entry. Uh, mention the film name and mention uh, the director as well. And obviously you can make a small comment. It's like, oh, I really like this film and I think it's great. Or you can make like a little longer comment, but you know, don't go, don't go too overboard with that. So, uh, okay, uh, rock paper scissors. I'm just joking. You can't really decide that. I'm gonna decide. We'll go with Troy first, and then we'll go Violet, and then me. Okay. So yeah, Troy Vimala Satya's Sight and Sound Ballad. My official <laughs> top ten. Uh. I think so. This is a... so. These are not so. These are not necessarily uh, greatest as uh, so favorite films per se, but kind of, kind of favorite films, but more like f favorite films that are you think are, you know, you know, wow, this is like a pinnacle, the pinnacle of cinema or something. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I think I can just mix them right, like mix between my favorites and uh, like the objective best top tens. Yes. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. So at number one, like I mentioned, my favorite of all time is, well, I shouldn't put numbers, but I think I have to put one number here. Yeah, yeah. Love so one, the first one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love Exposure by Sion Sono in 2008. I think it's such an insane movie because it's four hours long and it's so many characters, so many arcs, so many mm -hmm. different perverted things discussed here. So many cool... Um, action scene so many great dialogue so many um funny stuff so many emotional mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. it's yeah such an such an incredible ride and yeah yeah <clears throat> I, I would say after that um nobody knows by Koreda in 2004 yeah. uh, uh -huh. I think my first experience with Koreda and also my best uh, memory of him because it just really I think if I if I um go on to watch Ozu, Yasujiro Ozu's films, I, I would have the same reaction because it really distills life to its very bare bones or its essentials, daily life, um, you know, the very minute um daily life happenings and when you present it like this, it becomes very, very um substantial. And then Mononoke Hime by you know, Ghibli, Miyazaki, um, mm. 1997. It, I almost with that. Yeah, I think it's... Because I'm big into animation and Monarchy Hime, I think it's the best from that side of the world, that side of the industry. Uh, such an epic story and such likable characters, such memorable characters. And I think one of the best ending arcs or ending um, scenes in the, in the entire in my entire memory, I think. 
Well, as okay. Guillermo del Toro, as Guillermo del Toro said, animation is not a genre; it's a medium. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> and then I would say, <laughs> um, "Come and See" by Alan Klimov, and mm. 1985, the anti-war film. There's been a lot of anti-war films, um, I think, but I think "Come and See" is very distinct in that. Um, it just brings up the most nightmarish, harrowing. Experience to a film, I think, uses a lot of um, disturbing sounds, very harsh sounds, and the performances were incredible by the uh, by the actors. And I think it's very hard to describe in that in that way because it's something that you you have to see for yourself. I think that's why it's called "Come and See." I think now that I think about mm-hmm. it, it's yes. to <laughs> Trump's everything. Yeah, uh-huh. and where are we now? I think that's four. Yeah, that's four. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's four. Yeah, a fifth edition, I think. Spring, summer, fall, winter, and spring. That we talked about by Kim Kiduk, 2003. Yeah. I think I would, I would add in there. It's a film that I said, like I said, I would recommend to literally anyone, regardless of age or religion or anything else, because it's such a universal film about. Well, it's about karma and hu- about humans and about mm-hmm. um, the cycle of rebirth, the cycle of life. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. How how puny one is to not be able to escape it, and you know, I think it's incredible. And then it's more mm-hmm. number six. It's a more favorite than objective, but Kimi no Nawa by Makoto Shinkai. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> it's. When I was 16, uh, watching this, um, it just really affected me. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know it's it could awesome, be man. might sound cheesy because it's a romance film, but no, yeah, I think it really impacted me. Um, Violet, you should watch it. Yeah, yeah, Have I haven't seen, seen it, it yet. I really it, want to. It's. I think it's a masterpiece in animation, at least. That and the visuals were amazing. The story was also amazing. As a 16-year-old, I really enjoyed. And you know it's a it's a love story. Who doesn't like a love story every now and then? Yeah, and no matter what anyone said about it, I think it's really it defined the decade. I think defined yeah, the tense, the 2010s yeah. for for anime for animation for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And at number seven, I would put Parasite by Bong Joon Ho, uh, 2019. Mm, okay, okay. It's okay, a okay. masterpiece. That's I yeah, think yeah, everyone yeah. would agree yeah. with that. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Everything it's done so brilliantly. Um, you could say that its commentary, like, is pretty uh, well, not basic, but its commentary is kind of explored, or you know, it's not the most inventive um, commentary piece. But I think the film itself, and you know, um, the direction and the cinematography is very, very, very nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's a culturally significant film because it's the first. Asian film to or a foreign film to win an, a Best Picture Oscar, so yeah, and you know that yeah. that quote, of course, by Bong Joon Ho. When once you get over the one inch tall barrier of subtitles, then you're gonna discover a whole new world, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So that was number seven, eight. I think so, seven. Seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. And number eight is. 2001: A Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe that this film was 
done in 1968 because it's mm. so remarkable. Um, literally, the, the sights and the sounds. Um, yeah, the spinning, the spinning scene, the spinning, you know, they're walking while the, everything yeah, is spinning, yeah, and like the 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 pen, the floating pen, everything is just like yeah. Yeah, it's 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 use of this intense um, ambience and intense noise really escalates what's on on the screen, and you know the visuals are so strong that some people have described as you know unmatched by anything else. Um, I think it's well the the visuals are so good that that people legitimately think back then that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just intuitive for me to think about, about it that this film was done uh, 54 before, years ago. It's, it's done before the moon landing, I think. Yeah. I, it's, and it's so enigmatic in, in, you know, whatever, in, the, in whatever the film is discu discussing with um, artificial intelligence and um, um, alien life. I think everyone has to watch this film at least once in their lives. Yeah, and at number nine, I would put, um, this is difficult. I think I would put Personal by Ingmar Bergman. Okay, uh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it very, I think, captures human essence really well. And it, you know, the film itself is done in a really uh, brilliant um, stroke, the direction where, you know, the, yeah. the faces merge and, you know, that kind of um, quite literal use of um, uh, that technique really escalates um, the film, I think. It really deserves um, the spot on the society. And mm -hmm. I think at number finally. 10, it's yeah, finally at number 10, uh, kind of more personal, but also I think deserves to be here. So. Woman in the Dunes by Hiroki mm. Teshigahara in uh, mm -hmm. 1964. I think the, the first 30 or so minutes of that film is really like my favorite in, um, in all cinema because it's ah oh, it's quite quite hard to describe but um, that 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 arc of the film is shot in like um, darkness because um, mm. the man. Um, is tricked into living into into helping this woman um in a desert to, to you know to shovel sand and uh until and basically forever and really that mm. feeling of being captured or feeling of being tricked in that first 30 minutes or so was really 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 nice and mm -hmm. you know the film itself i think is really amazing so yeah my awesome time. awesome a very very interesting list and yeah, it's it's a it's a great list. It's a great list. I like more work and I say, uh, I don't want to linger too much. Uh, Violet, hmm. you go. My turn. <laughs> yes. So my my list is. So both... say Violet's uh, top ten, hypothetical Titan sound ballad. Go. Official yeah. top ten. Official top no, ten. Official top 10. Not in order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was actually really difficult for me because I very much have films which I think are pinnacles of cinema and then I have films which are just I adore but I know they're bad films I'll be completely hmm. honest and I will say that I for example cannot get enough 
of the Twilight movies. Oh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, they're awful films, awful films, awful books. But I will just sit. And we were talking earlier about rewatching things. I have rewatched oh. the entire Twilight series so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like not not. It's not on the list. No, okay. not sitting and watching and focusing. A hundred percent, you know, I'll, I'll be playing a game or something at the same time, but every now and again, I get one of those, I'm gonna put the Twilight series on. (laughs) And I have a lot of things like that where I'm just like, yep, it's, it's time for the Hunger Games and it's time for, you know, those kind of things. But none of those made the list. The list is very much, (laughs) I think, I think we're not friends anymore. Um, uh, the list is very much a combination of the thing that I said in my introduction, which is that I love horror and science fiction and romance, and I think that comes across in my list. So the first film I'm going to mention is, even though it's not cyberpunk in the modern definition of cyberpunk it is what cyberpunk developed out of i am obsessed with cyberpunk completely obsessed it 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 occupies my brain a lot every day and i think that is because i grew up with blade runner yeah i grew up with blade runner it's one of my director every time the director scott's blade runner which I grew up with. It's one of my dad's favorite films. And Mm -hmm. I just cannot get enough of this film. Uh, And and I watched the sequel more recently. I say more recently. It was sometime last year. But I have no concept of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And enjoyed it equally. Mm. Just as yep. good. I felt I felt both were. A lot of people say that one is better than the other, but I felt they were equally, equally impressive. And equally impressive. I just, I just, I just can't get enough of this film to the point where, in the game Final Fantasy XIV, you can have a free company, which is kind of a a guild, oh, yeah. a group of people yeah. that come together. And a group and and I mean, our, our free together. Yes. Yes. And love it so much that that we, Bondan and I, named our free company Nexus Replicants after the film and made yeah. our entire house within the game Blade Runner themed. Yes. Yes, we yeah. have a house a house in the game. Just Blade Runner themed, yeah. Yeah, because Blade Runner is just so crucial, so important. Such so a if, you, if you have to choose between the original and 2049, could you choose? I think I would pick the original, but that's probably nostalgia talking. Hmm. 2049 is pretty damn good for me. Yeah, it's pretty uh, good uh, too. They're both pretty good. And I was really taken by the way it ended. Yeah, go ahead. But both have such strong endings. 
Anyway, since we were on Ridley Scott, I will stay on Ridley Scott and go to Ridley Scott's Alien. Good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Really important film. Which is a very important film. And my love of this film comes from my love of H.R. Giger's artwork. H.R. Giger is a Swiss artist, was a Swiss artist, sadly, he passed away. Um, I think, I think, I don't know if it's sadly you, if it's just like, well, they're all enough to, to, to Yeah, just but it's still sad. <laughs> it's like, it's like saying like, uh, it's like, like Akira Kurosawa sadly, yeah, but like, it's like, he's like, he would, he would be the oldest man alive to be still alive now. <laughs> yeah, but it's still sad. Do you think it's yeah, sad? I so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> I mean, like, the thing is like, there are some people that just like belong in the past and well, they died and you know. <laughs> But to me, it feels relatively recently that he passed away. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember uh, when exactly he passed away, but it still feels relatively yeah, recently, sure. so it's quite fresh. Um, yeah. But yes, his artwork, his he designed the alien in all its life stages. In fact, I wrote a piece for Broadly Specific on Alien. Yeah. Yes, about you can the use of the artwork. Right uh, you can yeah. go and read it on broadly-specific.com. Thank you. I was yep. about to do that there. <laughs> yeah, very important it's film. It's such an important film in horror. It's such an important yeah. film in, in the sci-fi. discussion of in sci-fi in the discussion of the women in film. Yeah, gender roles in film. It's just. I mean, I'm playing Dead Space right now. That film, that that game wouldn't exist Ooh. without Alien. Right. Yeah. And I've seen um I've seen all the sort of the, the main alien films. I haven't seen all the Alien versus Predator, etc. etc. Uh, I think you're not missing out. But uh <laughs> have you, have you seen Pr- them, Prom- Prometheus and Alien Confident and everything? I have not seen Prometheus, actually. Okay. I actually like Prometheus. Uh, it's very divisive though. I saw Prometheus. Yeah, I, I heard I heard mixed things about it. Yeah. So maybe I, 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 just, I should I just, watch I that. Just, uh, I just like I just like the concept of the the, the what's it the ori was it the progenitors oh, I forgot their name the engineers so it's just I like seeing more of the engineers so yeah the creators the creators of lot, everything humanity in the news right now about how the 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 next form of of the alien is using more of Giga's designs mm. I've seen a lot of that popping up. So, yes, Alien. I feel like really, Scott, I feel like a little bit too old now. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, don't yeah. think he'll, I don't think he'll direct anymore. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. And yeah. then? And then? Uh, what should we do next? Okay, I'll just go to the next one that's written on my list. This is another yeah. one that is my dad's fault. Entirely. <laughs> and I say fault because I'm not sure it is a good thing. This goes on my top list. But it is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky mm. Horror Picture Show. Okay, bye. Uh, by Jim Sharman, but written by Richard O'Brien. Important because mm-hmm. Richard O'Brien wrote the theater play. It was originally yeah. a theater production. Yeah. That got turned into a film. And then eventually became this cult classic where people will go and they will see the film in a cinema but they will act along with the film. Yep. 
So there are set dialogue responses that everybody knows. It's like the room. <laughs> yeah, just shout no, back to the screen. And I've, I've seen it on stage multiple times. Yeah. And I don't know all of the, the things you're supposed to say, but I know some of them. And uh, it's, just, it's just so much fun. And mm. as a... a I, I don't remember how old I was when I saw it, but I turned into a goth kid. So it was, just, I think it was just so crucial in, in my development, how I took out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the music is fabulous. Yep. Um, I'm going to drag you in for the next one, Bondan, because my next one on my list is Cure by Kyoshi Kurosawa. She's on my list as well. Yes. Yeah, this is why I'm going to drag you in. Now, I was it's... debating between Cure and Pulse, but in the end, I, I went like with Pulse Cure. Well. Yeah. And because there were some flaws with Pulse, and because Cure is a more perfect film. Yeah, for me, Cure is one of the few, well, what I would, I would say, a perfect film. Uh, I mean, there's no such thing, I know, but uh, I just really like that film. I just found it a riveting from start to finish. It's a very, it's a slow film, but it's. I mean, okay, I actually don't want to discuss too much because I ha I have that entry as well. Yeah. In my in my entry, but like it's, it's certainly very good. So, I'll say yeah, the, what's so great about Kyoshi Kurosawa horror films. Yeah. How there are no jump scares. Mm hmm. And nothing all that scary in what we would traditionally call scary happens, but yet you are just on the edge of your seat terrified. You know, curling your feet yeah. up. There's also like a lot of... Uh... Actually, no, I'm going to discuss that later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can discuss it later. <laughs> but yes, uh, that was actually quite a recent watch for me. And... But really stuck with me and so ended up on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sticking with horror, let's go with Splice. Yeah, by, I mean, how am I going to pronounce this? Vin, Vin, Vincenzo Natali. Natali. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Splice. Yeah. Splice. I know. I know. I know a lot of horror films really like Splice, like including Pia, Pia, uh, one of our contributors. Splice. I saw. I saw in the cinema. I went to see it and. I was a film student at university at the time and went on to just write every paper I possibly could about this film. Whenever I was given an excuse to write about this film, I would write about it. <laughs> because it just, it just grabbed me. I just thought it was so incredibly sexy. And when I say sexy, it doesn't mean what normal people mean when they say sexy. <laughs> it, it was just... Everything about it was just fabulous. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what to say without actually spoiling the film. Yep. But... But... Really, really good horror film. That is about... Relationships really 
That's that's all I'll say about it. Go watch it if you haven't seen it, because it's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, okay, my next one is a cheat. I cheated. Okay. Well, then doesn't know I cheated, but I cheated. All right. And it is Pride and Prejudice by Simon Langton. And the reason it's uh, a oh, cheat, okay. the reason it's yeah. a cheat, is because the version of Pride and Prejudice that I'm referring to is actually a miniseries. Uh, but, but it's a BBC miniseries. Okay. But it's actually like you just watch it as a whole long film. Ah, uh, okay. It's a 95 one. Yes. I think I see. I, I just love it. I yeah. just love everything about it. I, I, I'm the big fan of these um, it's, classics. It's the, it's the pro progenitor of the so-called Regency romance genre. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a big fan of these classic, classic love stories. Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Emma, all those, all those classic love stories. I just, I just love them. I can't get enough of them. And uh, Pride and Prejudice is definitely my favorite. Yeah. But I was, I was so in love with Mr. Darcy. So in love. Mm. Who wasn't? I mean, all the girls were. <laughs> I, it's I just, just noticed it's it's uh, it's, it's fucking uh, Colin Firth. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe I believe I could be wrong, but I believe that's what started him, him off. Yeah, made got him famous because he yeah. did so well in that. All right, next up. Next is. You gotta be careful if you if you cheated. Then I think, well. I don't know because I saw your, your oh no never mind I I did oh no no it's it's on your list I because I, I, you sent it me beforehand I didn't know if you if you that was like an inclusion like and you exclude something else but no you didn't no I I did exclude something else there were only ten okay 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 go yeah. ahead uh the next one I'll do is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind God bye right. is this Michelle. Yeah, Michael. Michelle Gondry. Yeah, Michelle Gondry. Yeah. Which I haven't seen in years, but I have seen many, many times. Yeah, For yeah, me, yeah. it was one of the first films I saw Jim Carrey in where he wasn't being Jim Carrey. Uh, Truman Show? I think I saw this before. Oh, okay. Uh, so... I was so used to Jim Carrey playing these roles where he was just, you know, insane. And crazy seeing him in a serious role like this was uh, a breath of fresh air and i loved yeah, yeah. The, the twist on the twist on a typical romance i'm also having a complete brain fart right now what's mm -hmm. her name uh chris chris oh but yeah the, kate winslet thank you kate winslet i i also love kate winslet i've always loved her acting style and how down to earth she is she's and nice the, yeah. and the twist on a typical love story that mm -hmm. I don't know if it's spoiler is it a spoiler is it part it of is the a spoiler. well spoiler? I, I would okay, say so it's it. better to it's just a very i would describe it as a cold very cold film it's it's just a lot of a coldness i would say 
It is. Not it's not, very... cold, not it's a warm it's a it's a warm cold film. That's that yeah. one. I like a I think the soundtrack is very good as well. I think Beck did the song. But anyway, it's, the soundtrack is very good. I think I, I still remember one of the songs from it. Yeah, I, 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 again, writing this list made me want to watch it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a classic. And the next one is a very personal one. Um, and that's yeah. Hebi ni Piyasu. Uh-huh. Which was directed by Yukio ni Nagawa. And uh-huh. it's important because it was written by Stomi Kanehara. And mm-hmm. she wrote this book when it was re- based on a book. She wrote this book when she was very young. She was, uh, I don't know how old she was, but she was a teenager. And her <laughs> father was in publishing, I believe. So he was able to yeah. get the book out there. And it was pretty shocking for a girl of that age to be familiar with some of the topics that are covered in this mm. book and film. I both read the book and watched the film and love both. Um, again, saw it in the, in the cinema. It was the first film I saw in the cinema, first Japanese film I saw in a cinema, where I decided I'm going to take the plunge and I'm going to face this without subtitles. Yeah. So it was yeah. a big it was a big moment for me. But it's very personal because the the time period it's set in. She was set in the present at the time the film was made, but was very similar to the lifestyle I was taking part in at that t- point in time. Mm-hmm. But simply put, it's about a girl who meets a guy with lots and lots of piercings and wants to get a tongue piercing. A a split tongue, not a tongue piercing, a split tongue. So to get a split tongue, you have to pierce your tongue and then slowly put a bigger piercing in and then eventually you use, I think, I think, um, floss to just pull through so that your tongue splits. Wow. So there were a lot of quite gruesome shots with that. But she's in a she ends up in a three-way relationship with a piercer and then the guy she met and so it's 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 lots of SM sex scenes and <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's, good, it's a good film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, very, it's a very personal, I think. I think personal because I I can relate somehow, and that sounds weird after just saying it's an S and M film, but mm-hmm. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah, and yeah. I think two more. Uh, yes, you guys is... are describing a lot of things more, more than I would th- think as I, after I requested. Small I'm comment. sorry. <laughs> right, <laughs> small comment with the last ones. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's good. I, I enjoy the comments. No, no, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Because I, I just have to like always like look at the times like how much how much have we done? How much have <laughs> so, we like, been Yeah, oh, I have God. to I I I no, it's fine, it's fine. I think I might have to cut down like some of the final parts, but it's okay. Go ahead. Okay. So the next one would be Never Let Me Go. Mm. Uh directed mm. by Mark Romanek and the story yeah. was written by Kazuo Ishiguro. Yes, Kazuo Ishiguro um, is a, it's a, it's a, well, Kazuo Ishiguro also did 
the recent adaptation of Ikiru to, yes. uh, uh, in the British remake Living. I want, I want, no. I'm going to watch that on the 31st of March, I think. So we'll see. Uh, no, again, I've, I've seen this. Um, I've seen this story done in different ways. I've seen it as a Japanese drama, which I loved. Yeah. I've seen it as the a film, which I also loved. I'm Never just let me go. obsessed with this story, which mm. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it it starts off with a bunch of kids in what seems like a boarding school. And then you learn very early on that they are manufactured to provide organs for humans. Okay, you're going to be interested in this, but I'm re- literally holding the book in my hand right now. Really? I forgot I have this. I forgot oh, I have this. Cool. Yeah, I got I got to read this. very it it has love story elements and but yet it also has these science fiction elements because it's all about all about about I guess people grown mm-hmm. just for organ transplants. Yeah. And I don't want to say much more about it that uh-huh. uh, might spoil it, but wonderful story. The the uh, the Japanese drama is amazing. The movie is amazing. The book is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just a really 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 good story. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And then my last one, I'm actually so torn because I wanted to put del toro on the list right yeah really badly and i had shape of water on my list but then rondown mentioned um crimson peak and then i remember how much i loved crimson peak too so now i'm torn between the two yeah so to you yep well Uh, for me personally now del toro's magnum opus is just pinocchio (laughs) <laughs> Pinocchio, yeah. Yeah. Pinocchio is awesome. pretty incredible. Yeah. But I loved Shape of Water because it was romance mm. and kind of horror at the same time. Yeah. Somewhat. Well, it's 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 it's, uh, it's, uh, it's basically it's uh it's a spin on the old horror trope. Specifically, the Toro re- basically not remade, but like uh, took a lot, a lot of inspiration from uh, the creature creature from the Black Lagoon, I think. Yes. Uh, it's creature from the Black Lagoon, where it's basically the same thing, like a fish man and a girl. But then obviously, like in that film, he he's more vicious and savage and probably dies in the end or something. It's a monster. But so I, so I think Del Toro wanted like well monster as as an actual being that well <laughs> you know you know yeah, what happened yeah. <laughs> and then and then I guess I'll say with the Crimson Peak two uh, again romance horror all mixed up into one all very much mm. things that make me happy. <laughs> yeah things that made me happy so yeah that yeah. was my that was my 10 very interesting list I'm sorry yeah, I'm, yeah, all over the place list very unique no, it's good. 
Yeah, it's good. It's good. And just glad no no Twilight, but it's good. All right, I'm just gonna do very quickly my so uh, my uh, hypothetical talent sound sight and sound ballot top ten. Firstly, uh, it's very obvious. I'm the biggest fan of this film, uh, next uh, probably ever, uh, and it's uh, ha- Akira Kurosawa's High and Low, t- uh, Tengoku to Jigoku. <laughs> I, I like the Japanese title more. It's kind of you know, heaven and hell, so to speak, Tengoku to Jigoku. But uh, it's 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 one more can I say? It's it's uh, it's a film I've watched like four times, I think, and it's such a, I mean such an incredible crime film that uh, is uh, touches a lot of uh, things about inequality at the time uh, of this like booming post-war Japan economy and like who's really uh, you know taking the profits and everything like that uh, there's a lot of uh, commentary on like uh, you know inequality and, and things like that but obviously if it's just like a commentary I would not probably not like it this much because it's on top of everything it's just an awesome crime thriller and it's just so everything is just so well done and uh, it has some of the best blocking i've ever seen ever it does like an actor actor, actors blocking basically let me the mission son of this uh the actors and characters are placed in the scene and uh very deliberately it's so meticulous and so good and it communicates so much with with very little uh, how do way people where people stand in the scene how people act and how people you know how people talk uh there's like a high and low obviously it's like the english title but it's it, it is like uh, one of those things where like um you know the, the rich stand tall the poor is like begging uh like the driver in the film but it's it's just so good. It's just so good, and like oh god, it so has some of the best final hour in a film I've ever seen as well. Uh, culminates into something uh, incredible. Yeah, what more can I say? It's a great film. I don't want to spend too much it time is, on it. It is. It is. It is. So next up is uh, Cure again. Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Cure. Uh, it's also a more re- recent watch, but it's. In- yeah, what more can I say? It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, I didn't even know the premise of the film before we watched it. Uh, and it was just like, okay, well, let's watch it. And I don't want to spoil it either, the, the entire premise of the film. But uh, it's 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 one of the, worst, the most well-done films I've ever seen. It's so riveting. It's so engaging. And just uh, one thing I really like as well is just how nonchalant and nonchalant the filmmaking is but so but but how meticulous it was and there's a lot of contrast as well like a cheerful music might play during a, a killing you know what i mean during when someone dies yeah. like the cheerful, cheerful music plays and then like out of nowhere someone just gets killed it's it's just very good i don't want to say anything too much about it uh it's a lot of uh I mean, Kurosawa, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's uh, uses of uh, der- derelict uh, architecture and buildings and everything is also always his staple, right? 
and yeah it, it it's it's just so good there's like one particular scene involving a plastic tarp i think it's all it's just really genius great. yeah <laughs> genius yeah anyway next up is number three it's uh ikiru like akira kurosawa mm-hmm. ikiru is one of the best of all time what can i say you know takashi shimura uh, one of the best actors of all time as well uh japanese actors but in general as well ikiru is a masterpiece and one of the films that really i think basically shape how i view the world you know it's uh i mean troy like maybe if troy kind of might mentions him a lot you know uh ikiru is very leo tolstoy so yeah well very, my very... my mom saw the the remake recently yeah. she hasn't seen the original she saw the remake recently and she came back to me and she told me that it was perfect and yeah. you and you said don't say it's perfect without seeing the original <laughs> yeah pretty much so so uh, Kazuo Ishiguro actually wrote the remake, The Living. I'm gonna watch that this month, the, at, at the end of this month. So I'm quite quite excited about that. I'm I'm very open minded about this. Ikiru has been released so so long ago that you know, uh, if 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 done right, and in another culture setting, it's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, like some sort of remake like this. And you know, Kazuo Ishiguro is doing it, so it's like okay, well we'll see. But yeah, anyway, Ikiru. The next film is uh, the four the four hundred blows by Francois Truffaut. Uh, yeah, the four hundred blows. It's, it's it's fantastic film. I I I thought initially that it was a it was an autobiographical film by Truffaut, but it's not. I think it's more like a like a depiction of the working the the French working class at the time, and childhood delinquency and things like that but it's a very 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 important film culturally that i think it's it's when when i watched it it was also left a lot like a big impression on me and and it's rufo you know uh he's one of the the true maestro maestros of cinema i think and yeah 400 blows it's incredible when did you watch next Four blows yeah, just wanted to know. I think maybe two years ago. Hmm. Two years ago, maybe. If okay. I recall correctly, maybe uh, before COVID. If I recall correctly. But yeah. Uh, next up is "In the Mood for Love" mm-hmm. by Wong Kar Wai. I think it's 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 a classic. Well, everything is a classic, but <laughs> "In the Mood for Love" is um. Uh, one of his uh, most masterful film. It's so sensual, but so restrained, and that's deliberate, obviously, because of the nature of uh, their relationship with each other. Right? It's it's, it's just so like uh, sexual tension and everything, and and uh, Hong Kong in the six in the sixties, and the, the oh the, the soundtrack. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking soundtrack. It's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, Tony Leung, Maggie Cheung, and uh, very stylistic. Yeah, 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 very stylistic. And it's just incredible, 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 incredible. Next up is uh, Close Up 
by uh, Abbas Kiarostami. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's an I- Iranian film. Uh, yeah, close up by Abbas Kiarostami, and uh, it's it's such a it's such a cliche to say that a film is like a love letter to cinema. I kind of hate that phrase nowadays. Like like kind of like like. Recently, Steven Spielberg's uh, The Fablements, people just like straight up call it, ah, this is the love letter to cinema. Uh, which is not, it, it was not, it was more like something more personal than that, something more scary, scarier than that even, like The Fablements. But Close Up is, is uh, what I would say is a testament to the power of cinema instead. Uh, both in its, in its uh, you know, filmmaking, but also because of the, 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 the main character in the film as well. I don't want to spoil too much about it, actually. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a beautiful film. It's, it's such a tender film, tender, uh, kind film. I would say it's a very kind film. If you can describe a film as kind, it's it's just so um, yeah, kind film. It's a uh, heartwarming, I'd say, but also really leaves you with kind of like a sadness as well. So maybe melancholical as well. So yeah, close up. Next is a more recent watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, it's it's more. Well, close up is more. It's a docu fiction. So it's kind of like a presented uh, almost like a almost like a real story, but not really. You know, it's 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 a different style. But uh, so it's. I think it's more like a. Because I think there there were interviews even in the film in like kind of like a fictional interview, if I recall correctly. Because uh, it's been a while since I watched it, but. Yeah, it's just incredible. Next up is a more recent watch, uh, but uh, and before this, so this is Kenji Mizoguchi, Kenji Mizoguchi, Mizoguchi film. Before this, I have some. So there's, uh, I have watched uh, quite a bit of Mizoguchi. I've watched Sancho the Bailiff. I've watched Ugetsu. I've watched Chikamatsu Monogatari, uh, and uh, and some others, I think, and a lot of them. Incredibly, Mizoguchi is really one of the best filmmakers of all time, because out of all the films that I mentioned, any one of them can be in this list. But Street of Shame is so good. It's just again one of the most heartbreaking endings I've ever seen, and it's also the the, the beautiful, beautiful cinematography by uh, Kazuo Miyagawa, and uh, one of the best. One of the best uh, cinematographers ever in Japan. So, uh, it's he's um, uh, yeah, it's it's just a beautiful film, uh, and a very significant film, uh, culturally and historically, I would say, because of what uh, the topic of prostitution at the time and sex work and everything. So, incredible film. Next up is. Masaki Kobayashi's Harakiri, starring Tatsuya, Tatsuya Naka. Oh, also before Street of Shame was also starred, uh, uh, what was it? Komachi, uh, Kyo, Kyo, Kyomachi, no, not Kyomachi, Kyomachiko, one of the, uh, one of the best uh, Japanese actors of all time. And next is uh, Harakiri by Masaki Kobayashi, starring Tatsuya Nakadai, one of my favorite actors as well. Harakiri is incredible. I mean, I would say like every one of these entries, I just say it's incredible, but it is incredible. It's fantastic. And it's this film that is like non-linear because it's 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 technically told in one location. 
this entire film is technically in one location, but then it kind of flashes back into uh, what happened before. But it's just about this man that's basically kind of like being told to commit, you know, seppuku, you know? That's why it's called Harakiri. Uh, but it's incredible. It's it's a, it's a it's a it's a masterful film about Japanese class stratification at the time, and uh, and it's just a, f a film that says a lot of things, and it's just a very cool film, I would say. It's just a, a great, awesome film. Next is uh, Hiroshima Monamore by Alan Ray. Rain. I don't want to mispronounce the name. Alain Ray is nice, but I know it's it's French, so it's probably Alain Renai or something. But Hiroshima Monamore, uh, it's it's one of the I think it's probably one of the earliest films I've watched as a quote quote cinephile. Maybe 2015, 16, I don't know. Um, but I feel like I remember it being one of the earlier films I've watched as like kind of like a film enthusiast, and it left a lot of impression, a lot, a lot of impression on me. And yeah, it's just like the tale of uh, of this French woman in Hiroshima, and who then this twenty-four hour love affair uh, that this woman had with with a uh, with a Japanese man, and obviously it's in Hiroshima. So there's like a lot of themes about like uh, uh, I think the, actually the the biggest theme of this film is about time, and and like the uh, uh, sleetingness and there's like this idea of a uh, uh, temporal temporal spatial uh, thing it's just like an entire thing but like basically I, I, I don't think I want to spoil that actually but yeah it's just it's an incredible film I think it's one of the earliest films in the French New Wave I think and it's one of the most influential French films of all time so yeah it's it's incredible and finally, the final one on the list is also a film that may left a big impression on me, uh, and I need to rewatch it. It's Yi uh, Yi by Edward Yang. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yi Yi is. So what can I say? What can I say? It's just such a journey, epic tale. Not, a, it's not a tale, but like it's such an ep epic uh, saga of because it's a, it's a pretty long film. I know a brighter summer day is longer. Much but, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just incredible. Um, it's, it, I mean, what can I say? It's, it's so much in the, there's so much in the film and because it has various subplots following different characters in the film from, uh, like this, uh, this father that basically has a, has a, his old love affair, not affair in a sense that love affair, but like in a, in a sense like his old love coming back Blooming to him, suddenly yeah. blooming back. And there's like this kid as well, and his story. And then there's like this uh, adult, like teenage girl as well. And it's just like a lot of things. And everything is just so well, not only well done, but just masterfully done. And it's a classic and it's, it's incredible. I do think it really deserves a place in like the canon yeah hmm. so that's my list wow yay. yay so those are our sight and sound ballad and i think maybe we'll put it like in a letterbox list or something i don't know if it's 
like a separate list or something or we'll, we'll like kind of like put it somewhere after like a few days of the, the podcast has been out maybe what, what do you think yeah we should i think there's only one movie that overlapped right cure i think between mm-hmm. the three of us yeah, so, yeah. yeah nice really nice yeah it's a very diverse list i would say uh yeah. i think at some point if we have more guests uh at some point you know i don't know if bia is ever gonna come but like if she comes then uh, i'll ask her for her silent sound ballad or like anyone else you know yeah sure so yeah cool and yeah so that's our hypothetical silent sound ballad and this okay so this is a longer episode than what i would think would usually happen <laughs> but i think it was because, because we we had we discussed a lot of things and we did like like an intro and things like that <laughs> so from here on uh let's do a little like I, i'll say that this section shouldn't be too long because we've been here we've been two hours actually yeah <laughs> this wow. is, already been it's already been two hours and i don't want it to be i don't want it to be i don't want it to be too long in in the next episode and so on we can discuss more things and more variety things because i think we we, we won't spend too much time and in, in the intro part because like we have to introduce ourselves and introduce introduce the show and everything and kind of like have an icebreaker and but next next episode onward we'll have it more tightly packed uh so let's just have a little variety discussion on things uh i mean i start with video games well i think we probably will only discuss video games what video games are you guys playing right now let's just start with that i am okay i'll, I'll start with me uh, uh and i'm playing uh yakuza ishin right now like a dragon ishin Ryu, ryuga gotoku ishin it's awesome it's set in kyoto so so you know it's uh uh it, i recognize a lot of places it's a very it's a it, it's nice it's 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 nice seeing this historical you know game thing it's fun it's fun and uh i am also obviously still playing final fantasy 6 uh, final fantasy 14. so yeah I wish that's you my were playing own. final fantasy 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll discuss it in a bit but what are you playing troy well i think recently i've been playing uh persona 4 golden uh, okay. yeah uh like movies i've always put things off Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Did I disconnect? No, you didn't. I think Troy did. Oh shit! Well, while Troy is disconnected, Violet, go. Me, I played Please. so much recently. Oh yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Troy, Troy, you back? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, you disconnected. <laughs> no, sorry, I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I? you said was like putting putting off things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like to put things off that I know are good, so I can enjoy them at an appropriate time or appropriate mm-hmm. period. Uh, but yeah, Persona is really Persona is really nice. Um, I really like the music, especially. It's it's what brought me to the game. Yeah. Yeah, Persona has and, some uh, very very unique and immediately recognizable music. Mm, yeah. Uh, funny thing about Persona, uh, Persona 6 is internal, was internally delayed, I think. It was set to release, technically, internally, this year. 
but I think really? they're delaying it. Although that's not surprising because Persona 5 had a huge delay. It was, you know, a huge delay, I remember at the time. Anyway. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. Say what? Oh, not say what. Violet. What are you playing now? No, right now. All sorts, really. Um, I'm not sure how long it was ago mm -hmm. now, but just for the fun, we decided, a few of us decided to try out the game Grounded. Yeah, why we did as well. Yeah. Which awesome. is a sort of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of, you are very tiny teenagers in a backyard where all the insects are huge. And I'm terrified yeah. of spiders, so it was not a good time until I leveled, well, I got some higher level equipment and then was able to pummel them to death and then I was much happier. Mm. But through that game, I discovered that I actually have quite an appreciation for survival games that I didn't realize I liked. So from Grounded, I moved on to Subnautica and I played through all of Subnautica 1 and Subnautica 2, mm -hmm. which I loved because I love, well, I love and hate the ocean. I think the ocean is a terrifying, terrifying place, but that's oh, yeah. what makes it such a good location for a kind of horror game. I liked how scary it was. And you couldn't fight anything, so you were just like, well, I'm screwed. It was great. Uh, definitely gave me a few scares here and there. And then from Subnautica, I moved on to Astroneer, which there's still so much I could do with Astroneer, but uh, I finished what I think is the, the sort of the story chunk. Mm -hmm. So I, I moved on. And then... Bonan suggested we play Sons of the Forest. So yeah. just a couple of days I got that. And I've been flailing around trying to not be murdered by cannibals. <laughs> um, which is, this is all very new to me. Because usually I play, um, as I said before, visual novels, point-and-click adventures, uh, RPGs. So this has been uh, a change, but I've been having a really good time playing lots of different things. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, I was playing Higurashi. Yeah. Uh, which is a visual novel, which I got working on my Steam Deck after lots of stress. Um, so I, didn't, I was playing it on my Steam Deck and then Grounded got in the way and I got stuck in, in the middle of a chapter. So I'll have to get back to that. Yeah. And what else? Lots of things, really. Lots and lots and lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get, it, gotta get back to nice. Burnhouse Lane. Yeah. I have to go back to that space, but I don't know if I'll go back with it. <laughs> we'll see. Well, you uh, played it and you were like, no. Fuck this. Yeah. It's just it's too much. Um, anyway, so actually, like, the thing is. Uh, I don't think we should go on for too long because I am really like seeing the, the clock ticking and it's like yes. holy shit. I think I think Noah will, will barely reach this part. <laughs> so I think it's I, a I, good I, 
Yeah, my, no, I mean, I think, I think, I think like one hour 30 or like two, two hours would be good. I think for normal length. Yeah, I think this is like more hours. than two hours. This is like, it's like two hours something. It's like two hours 30 maybe. This is like so, a nice, nice, nice ending point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so for now, yes. But I, what I promise is this, uh, one, I haven't, I haven't ran my mouth about Final Fantasy 16. So I think. I will need more time to run my mouth. So he will. <laughs> he will. Then oh yeah. I will. I will. I will do that next time. I will. I will run my mouth on FF16, and I will really go all out, just kind of like yapping on. And so that will be next time. I do suggest one thing for next time. I'm, I, I suggest maybe not. Okay, so the next episode is most likely going to be an Oscars episode because it's next week, possibly. So possibly it'll be like a Oscars aftermath episode, kind of like a discussing the Oscar result or something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, most likely. And yeah, so that's most likely going to be. I mean, like that's not going to be the main thing probably by that point, but like because like it'll be after the Oscars. But well, that's one of the things. And but you know, this is the BS show, so we'll be we'll have more variety content next next time. We'll have more variety stuff as well, and uh, I think this one was was a little too long because of the intro. And uh, yeah, it's okay though. But I do suggest that at some point or soon we have like a sight and sound top ten ballad, kind of, but for gaming, <laughs> for gaming. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fun. It's top ten top ten games that you think should be like the oh, you know yeah. like the the top top you know. Uh, I think I think I, think I, I have, uh, yeah, the, the so-called canon. Uh, yeah, I, I already made a list, you know, Metal Gear Solid and you know, uh, Kingdom Hearts. Anyway, uh, keep it a secret. Yeah, 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 I'll keep it a secret for now. But yeah, so that's mostly it for now. It's mostly because I think we should cut it for now. Oh, in the interest of I don't know, it, it will seem really intimidating for people. The single length. You know what I mean? It's like holy fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we don't involve everything in one episode, and we have everything. We have things to say in the next one, right? Yeah, of course. So I think we should cut it here for now, and maybe for the BS show, we'll definitely try to be a bit more regular, and we will. We will. I don't know if it's gonna be weekly. There are some weeks that we may be busy, but whenever we are around and available, we'll try to get get a podcast in, you know. And uh, if uh, some of you are interesting individuals <laughs> want to be guests or something, uh, send a DM maybe. I will try to see if that's gonna be a, poss a possibility. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's mostly it. Uh, for for now. now, see you on Monday for BSTV Club. Yeah, so next episode for podcast-wise is going to be the final episode of The Last of Us. Uh, so look forward to that. For the yeah, BSTV for Club. broken me. The last yeah. event. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, so what do you think, guys, uh, of uh, the first episode as the the guest? Well, yeah, not guest, but like, yeah. kind of like co-hosts. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh Really cool to see everyone's list and the fact that we all love Japanese cinema, I suppose. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Pretty much. And yeah, it's really fun. And we you know we really want to actually do go somewhere with this podcast at least. Um, I know that there's a curse with podcasts. Actually, we've been pretty good with that. I'm just saying that people starting podcasts always ends terribly. And uh, in, during the early COVID period, everyone started the podcast. I, I mentioned this multiple times. And then uh, so my friends, uh, some of my friends I saw like started a podcast about about like the state of the world and things like that. They ran for one season and then just completely gone. And, you know, some others I've seen uh, just snuffed out and things like that. And uh, actually, we've been pretty good with that. So sure, some some hiatus here and there, but we actually are still going until now. So that's really important to me. Right? Uh, so we, with this we one... We don't talk about the state of the world. We talk about obscure movies and obscure references. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think a more, a more regular variety podcast would allow us to have more regular stuff. Because basically, Violet and I discussed like, huh, okay, so after the Last of Us podcast is done, which uh, Last of Us podcast was like an excuse for us to have a regular podcast. And I'm not a big TV watcher. And we won't do this like weekly, the BS TV club, episode by episode for any show really or like a like a normal show you know what i mean yeah so this is like the last of a special i would say and if there's anything else significant at some point we may do something like a bs tv club again but i'm not a big tv watcher so it's really unlikely for a long time and we can obviously still discuss like specific films in like a bs film club uh, and things like that but i feel like a more variety podcast like a talk show well like a radio podcast like this where we talk about anything and film gaming music even everything uh it would be great so hopefully and and just an excuse for us to just talk more with each other and have a podcast so that's it yeah yay Phew. so again if you're enjoying what we're doing consider supporting us on patreon and uh, follow us on our social media and go to our website, broadly-specific.com. Read uh, Troy's broker review at, at, at this point. I think it'll probably be out. Yes. And yeah, uh, that's mostly it for now. I don't want to delay you guys. So, and this will be an interesting experiment on whether how many people transfer over listener-wise from The Last of Us. We'll see. And uh, I mean, we'll see, we'll see for this one. I mean, view, I don't, you know, regardless of how many viewers we get, we'll still, we'll still uh, go go do this. And of course, we will also try to do more video stuff. I do have like a video project soon and we, we will try to do more YouTube, hopefully. That's uh, the next step, I think. So yeah, then the, we will end it here. Then <laughs> see you next time for everyone. Thank, Thank you. you for listening. Bye bye. 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 bye.